I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. We are so close to training camp and the heartbreaks of cuts have already begun. So let's dive in and discuss. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and it is getting refreshed rebranded make sure to check out patreon new content coming very soon don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun new way to enjoy the w join windsider on playback for our w watch parties use the link playback.tv forward slash windsider that's playback.tv forward slash windsider and hey you never know we'd love to do WNBA and windsider merch giveaways welcome back to the windsider show aria schwartz along with rachel galligan back for another episode glad to have rachel back in the booth to discuss all things WNBA while she's getting ready to break some more news now i'm joking um (laughs) there's so many different avenues we can go here. Um, I mean, let's first, right. We're, we're a little bit past the draft. We're right before camp begins. Teams are hours away from having to set their training camp rosters, which means uh, a lot of, a lot of sad times for a lot of college basketball fans um, and WNBA fans who had hopes for these players. I mean, Emily Anksler getting waived earlier today, cut by Indiana um, is got to send a shock system, a shock wave uh, chills goosebumps through the W to a lot of players. Look, yes, she had an overseas injury a little bit back pun intended, um, but still a shock for a player with so much potential. Um, I think played well last year showed many abilities of, of what she can bring to a WNBA team. Obviously, not a superstar yet, but definitely, in my opinion, superstar potential. Um, Rachel, where's your mindset kind of as we are on the eve of camp um, and the ruthless cuts begin? I mean, it's just it's just the annual outcry for expansion all over social media, the annual outcry for people not understanding. I mean, you know, it. It is what it is. I mean, we talk about it all throughout the course of the year. We talk about how hard it is to make a roster. Um, nobody is off limits. And, and I think there's so many circumstances that maybe aren't necessarily always as obvious to understand, whether it's an injury, whether it's just fit. I, I, I do think, you know, it. you have to really realize it is about fit, you know. And, and for like a fever, so many – so many picks, so so much change in the last couple of years. I think I saw some that they they have now waived a top four pick in every of their last three draft classes, which is that's insane. You know, that's crazy. But now, I mean, at the end of the day, they've been a lottery team. You know, you, I mean, forever now it feels like. So, I mean, are all of those those players gonna gonna realistically make a roster? I mean, th- th- there's such a high volume. You know, you don't. There's really no one else in the league that has that many lottery picks consistently for the last few years. So, I don't I don't fault the fever. 
Um, they're doing what it's gonna what what they've got to do to put together the right roster to get this thing turned around. It's just fascinating to me, you know. Um, no, no one's off limits, and there's gonna be even more of it. And people people definitely get upset about it, and it's frustrating. And I totally agree. I mean, I, in a situation like Engsler, obviously there's an in- injury involved, but you know, then it's it's just a matter. Okay, well, what's next? I mean, she's the type of player. She's gonna end up somewhere. That's for sure. And you know, there's going to be more cuts and there's going to be more outcry and, and, you know, you hate to see it. I wish we had double the amount of teams in the league, but you know, even if we, even if we did, there would still be waves, there would still be, you know, movement that took place. So it, it, on one hand, it is a part of, you know, professional sports. On the other hand, you know, it, we're, we're not at a point where we can, we can have expansive. So we've got to continue to have these types of conversations and, um, you know, just realize that, yeah, lottery picks <laughs> as well are not off limits in terms of, you know, being waived or, or having some early on movement through the course of the season. You know, you know how it is. WBA, you've got to bounce around sometimes a little bit before you can find your spot. Well, and you, you, you put it much more eloquently than I could, but I, I think a point that you brought up is a really good point, which is like, at what point do we kind of stop the complaining and not that the complaining for expansion is bad, but in the sense of like, if we had 30 teams in the W, there was still going to be, you know, X amount of players cut at this point in the season. And like, you know what I mean? Like, no matter how many. It's my mind. We, we literally consistently talk about it all year across the board, how hard it is to make a roster. And then we get to the point where there's roster cuts and we act like we're surprised and everyone's freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we know this is the case. I'm not saying it's okay, but. You know, here well, it is. And- I was saying before we got on air with you, Rachel, like Haley Jones is a perfect example in my mind of a player who had a great college career. There's a lot of hype, um, a lot. I mean, a lot of hoopla around her draft stock, whatever. But this has nothing to do with it. What I'm saying is like, would you if you're a Haley Jones fan? Would you prefer that she goes, you know, top three and then is cut three days later? Exactly. Or would you prefer or a month later? Or would you prefer that she goes to a, a lower, you know, draft pick? She's not a lottery pick, um, but then has the ability to actually and has an opportunity, has an opportunity and the ability to play or develop and and things like that. Like, there's going to be a lot of players who are going to get cut. Like um, Monica Sanano, like seems like a player who's likely to get cut. Some other names that kind of stick out in my mind uh, as as players who maybe you've heard of. Um, or in the W world have been mentioned a fair amount that are, you know, up for the chopping block. And, well, and I'm curious. Interesting. Every year you kind of a little bit surprised um, who ends up sticking. I mean, Shepard ended up making a roster with the, the Aces last year. I was very surprised by that. That's not yeah. a knock on Asia Shepard. I think she's a phenomenal player. I love Virginia Tech. I think they do a great job developing their players, but ended up finding a niche in that role that ended up sticking and, and filling mm-hmm. the hole that Vegas needed. So it, it kind of is an interesting, like there are spots up for grabs and a lot of times the ones that get cut, you know, are not expected and the ones that make it are not expected. So, you know, we're just, we're in the thick of that time right now. And clearly it feels like a little bit of a calm before the storm because we're, we're four days away from training camp started starting um, being able to look at some of these training camp rosters will be nice. I think we've seen a couple come out so far, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to kind of get some clarity on, on you know, what teams are going to look like, what their camp rosters are going to look like. And, you know, obviously I wish I could be a fly on a wall in some of these uh, training camps, but some, some would be crazier. Well, I was about to say, like, 
I'm just going to list off a few names. If anybody comes to your mind um, as a player who might be on the bubble, please feel free to drop it in. These are players who just like, I wouldn't be shocked to see them make the team, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see them not make the team. Um, Bree Beal, Jordan Canada, Alicia Clarendon, uh, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, uh, Tiana Hawkins, Demiris Dantas, uh, Nira Savali, Steph Jones, um, Amanda Zowie B. Uh, just trying to think, you know, I think in my mind, those are kind of the obvious names that I feel like I would expect to hear over the next. Is there anybody that I'm that I'm blanking on? I know you're I see you oh, staring off in the distance thinking <laughs> I'm like just trying to get back. OK, so I've been I've been ever since the draft, I've been wrapped up in transfer portal and events. So I'm, I'm as we're on air trying to get my mind shifted back to WNBA focus. So um I, I my mind just kind of goes more directly towards some of the the draft draft picks. Um, one that I think is a really good pick. Um, just again, I really haven't had time to. And I know we're we're weeks removed from it, but analyze the draft. But just from an initial reaction that I haven't had a chance to really talk about openly was um, Kiana Trailer being selected by the Chicago Sky. I love that pick. Um, I think she brings a lot to that roster. She fills kind of a hole that they don't currently have on this rebuilding team. I'm a really, really, really big fan of that selection. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if she finds, if she carves out an avenue for herself on that team. Um, so again, I'm just trying to think through some of the names and some of the thought process. Well, and I think you're bringing up an interesting point that we'll touch on in a little bit in this episode is just like, look, at the end of the day, we have a few teams that are so packed roster wise, there's no space for them to add people. And then on the other end, you have these teams that clearly are not on the top tier of talent clearly are not contenders. And maybe now, you know, I'm thinking of the Minnesotas, the Seattles, uh, the LA's, the, the Chicago's and whatnots that maybe you're going to see some players get cut that, you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to them being around the league, being on these teams. You know, Demiris Dantas is someone who comes to mind um, because, you know, at a certain point you need to turn the corner and you have to take a gamble on a younger player. You know, you can't just continue to be a middle of the pack team using vets who are not going to move the needle and expect a new result. Right, right. Well, that, that's an interesting thought process with Dantas there. I hadn't thought about that. She's the one that I just keep hearing is the question, is the question, is the question. Now, I think a lot of it comes down to Minnesota, how they're able, you know, to really get things to fit in. Um, and then seeing the, the money-wise, the money side of it, they don't have a ton of wiggle room. And right. Dantas, now, all of this when it comes to Minnesota, I think comes down a lot to Natalia Chanwa, whereas they might be, if she's not playing this season, they could then fill her with a Dantas at a, at a vet minimum or a different player um, at a rookie scale or vet minimum. So a lot of it comes down to just kind of like, can they fit people on the roster, basically? Right, right. Can I just change the subject real fast? Because, again, Go a lot has it. happened since we did our last show. Can we talk about the multi-year deal with, is it Ion? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts? Excited? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. Um, I love it. I'm a big Th This girl. is real reactions. Like, we literally haven't had, like... <laughs> I think I think we texted about it briefly, but I was in a whirlwind of my event that I was running. Um, 
I love it. I love a good old crime show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch Ion normally? I mean, full disclosure, no, but like, I mean, I watch like Oxygen. So it's, it's like the same shows, but just a different platform. Um, I think that the biggest thing is, and and we have talked about this many times growing up, it was always Sunday afternoon, you know, you could turn on whatever Mm -hmm. lifetime or whatever the hell channel it was at that time. And you knew you were going to be able to watch the best woman in the world play. And for a little girl growing up, I knew that there was, there was consistency with that. We have talked about that at nauseum for the last however many years about the inconsistencies of where the hell do people go to watch? They don't know. I don't really know if this helps that. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I think knowing that on a Friday night, there's a channel that's going to be playing the WNBA. That's not, um, you know, an offshoot random ESPN broadcast here or there I, I definitely think it can't hurt right it can't hurt well also supposedly it's a three-year deal i think i saw it and its value is half of the espn deal from what i saw which to me says very positive things yeah yeah i mean i hadn't seen any of the numbers and that's going to be the big question mark moving forward is this 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 these deals and these rights that's gonna that's gonna push the envelope moving forward. So that's that's interesting. I had not heard any of the numbers. So, so I, I I think I saw a tweet about it earlier today. It was some somebody. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I saw it and it sounded like it was around half of what the ESPN deal was. Now, keep in mind that that ESPN deal was not only much bigger but also much longer, um, and even at the time perceived as a bad deal by anyone with half a brain. Um, you know, I think look we've. As everything you said, we've talked about it for so long. You need a place where you can go and watch games. Is Friday night perfect? No. Is Ion perfect? No. Is it a channel? Yes. Is it paying the W? Yes. Does this mean growth for the W? Yes. Do I have questions of how I'm going to be able to stream this? Do I need to add that to my package? What is all, what's the deal? Am I going to start missing games? Yeah, I have those questions. End of the day, if this helps move the needle and grow the league, like how how can we be mad? Um, and hey, if there's look, and also like from what I heard, there there's going to be a pregame show and a postgame show. Now, the league is going to be in charge of that and production and everything. So I have my concerns, but again, these are positive things. This is part of the growth of the league is taking on these new deals, but also this is not a super long term deal. This is not a ten year partnership. This is a you know spend a few years, gain some money, and move on. Right. Or re-sign it for bigger. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like Let's it. talk power rankings real, real quick. Okay. I, it's really interesting. And I say this because Winsider is coming out with power rankings. So the other day I had to like do my whatever. If Rachel, you want to get your word in, I can send it to you. Um, in my mind, it's Las Vegas. You, you know, you win the championship. You retain most of your team. You add to it. You're deeper than you, you were you before. You get those rights. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those rights until the season starts. You're the number one dog. Um, New York Liberty, number two. And then, in my mind, it's DC and Connecticut as like three, four. And then after that, it's literally like everybody else together. Because every other team, Seattle, Minnesota, LA, Chicago, Atlanta, it's like you have one really, really good player, a cornerstone, and then a bunch of role players. Um, or you have a team like Indiana where it's like more of a team unit. Like I, I haven't seen anyone yet who is, you know, that Kalia Copper, that Jewel Lloyd, 
that, you know, uh, Nafisa Collier, they have potential to have that. They have potential to have multiple of those players in Indiana. Um, I'm just curious for you, like, how do you, I'm not going to make you list them in a power ranking, but like, how do you differentiate between the Seattle's, the Minnesota, the LA and Atlanta and Chicago's? Um, that's interesting. Um, I agree. I mean, you have, they have tier one, Las Vegas, New York, but with an asterisk for me, like New York, you still got to come together and play. Las yeah. Vegas, you still got to come together and have chemistry and play. Oh, yeah. So that I'm not handing anybody anything at this point. Um, Connecticut and in, in Washington, I agree in terms of potential and roster retention. Even though there has been a lot of change with both franchises, I agree they're in that next tier. Then after that, I mean, I've still got so many question marks with Phoenix, the Phoenix Mercury. Thank God, Reiner's oh, yeah. back. But what what's going on with Skylar Diggins Smith? Um, we're just, we're just going to find out when the training camp roster comes out, I guess. True. But I will say underrated if stays healthy, Mariah Jefferson on Phoenix is like, a yeah. like potential to honestly call me crazy, say whatever you want potential to be more, if she can stay healthy, more beneficial than Skylar Diggins Smith only in the sense of Skylar Diggins Smith needs to be a star. You already ha- like BG's the star. Dan Taurasi's going to get her shots and some other players, right? Like in my mind, you want somebody who can produce, but who's also his main focus is going to be getting BG the ball. Right. This is going to be a BG MVP season. I agree. And I think that the Phoenix Mercury, I mean, let's not forget how dominant Griner was two, two, two seasons ago. I mean, and now no sill. And, and now no sill. Absolutely. No Liz. Dominant numbers. I think they've put together a really solid roster around Griner. Um, regardless of what happens with Skylar Diggins-Smith, which I'm not anticipating she's playing. That's not, I have any intel. I'm just assuming that's not happening. Um, so I think that with Phoenix, they have they have to kind of even be in that same category as like a Connecticut and a Washington, or just maybe a half a notch mm-hmm. down, just because there mm-hmm. is a little bit more of a question mark. Now there's question marks with all three of those teams. So I kind of put New Phoenix coaching on all three of them too. I agree, but I, I put Ish. Phoenix up there because of the, you have the superstardom in Brittany Griner. That elevates you to whatever. Now, you might have drama. I don't know how deep you're going to be. That's to be determined. But Phoenix is – In fact, she carried, she carried the Mercury down. to the finals a few years back. Hands down. Um, so Phoenix is up there. I think Atlanta has a lot of intriguing aspects to them just in terms of new, new – what's the right word I'm trying to say? New everything, <laughs> building off of a really solid year – I think that they're you. You know they're going to be solid, steady. They're going to defend. They're going to they're going to be they're they're going to be disruptive. Will they run out of gas, kind of like they did last year? Not as probably not as bad, but they they've got to be one of those middle of the pack teams. I think LA Sparks. They're going to be lower to middle of the pack type of team, just because they have they're going to have more consistency. They're going to have more locker room culture now. Um, Indiana Fever. Honestly, the the biggest net. So now I just look at biggest question marks. I would normally put Dallas in that middle of the pack, but I just don't know, again, for like the 18th year in a row, what is going on in Dallas. I think you have a lot of talent, but yet we had a lot of changes this offseason. Um, and I don't know what a Trammell Dallas Wings team looks like um, with, you know, McCowan honed at the center spot and, 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 you know, this team getting up and down the floor that I know the, the way they want to do it. Um too Does much, Charlie Collier make the team? Too much for me to, you know, try to 
trying to figure that one out. So I just have these giant question mark categories, Indiana, Dallas, Minnesota. And Minnesota's a little different too, but I just have them in that question mark category of like, again, like, how do they get better? Like, all I see is you don't have Sylvia Fowles on the roster, so now, like, how are you going to get better? Nafisa Collier's back, but I just, I, I see them as another lottery team at this exact moment, so I don't know that, that that's, again, me being long-winded, but I see, I see consistency, and then I see just question marks, and that's if, how if, I, how I group the rest of them. If I gave you a dollar and you had to put money down on either Minnesota, Chicago, or Seattle, you had, you had to put that dollar down on one of those teams to finish best of those three. Probably Chicago. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'm not high on Seattle right now. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not high on Seattle, but here's the thing. I you think... They, they also don't have a point guard. And again, I didn't even mention Chicago. So, I mean, there's so many question marks. There's so much change. I mean, we're seeing the end of eras with Seattle, the end of eras with Chicago, with Minnesota. I mean, it's been an end of an era for a couple years in Minnesota. They're just trying to run it back in a way that has not been effective, and now you don't have a franchise player. I mean, end of an era in L.A. I mean, it, everything is – there's so many new aspects of this. Um, so so you're sitting there trying to put put your faith in maybe a few players or a few talented players or just a, a makeup of a roster. I see Seattle has too many holes right now, at least in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit concerned. Oh, no, they definitely do. My, my thing is, like, I look at those – I mean, if we include L.A. in this, right? Kurt, Cheryl, James, and Noel. Out of those four – Noel's the coach that I trust the least, uh-huh. but roster wise, like if, 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 if someone came up to you and I was like, Ari and Rachel want you to take over one of these four teams, forget marketing place and all that jazz, just like roster wise, who you have now, part of me wants to say like, I'm going Seattle because you have jewel, you have, in my opinion, an underutilized, if healthy can be a really effective center in Mercedes Russell. And then you have the potential aspect of Ezzy. Like, Ezzy's someone who's shown flashes. Maybe I'm giving in to the fan base a little bit too much, but I just feel like there's more youth upside than you look at, you know, L.A., who has NECA on the downspin. You have Minnesota, who has Fee and no one else, really. You have Chicago, who has Ka and Marina, but, like, Jewel, Ezzy, and Mercedes, I almost feel like is comparable, if not better, to any other three in in on those teams. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. I, that's just my my instinct. Is, you, is you're getting that. my brain going again now. I like right? it. I'm kind of like I'm getting warmed up to the season. I'm getting excited talking <laughs> about this sort of stuff. Like I said, I mean, you're catching me right at the the, the I mean, just like the rest of us, that the beginning of all of this, and we're trying to go through each of these teams with a fine-tooth comb. There's so much we don't know. I mean, we're going to have a conversation here. What do we have? The first preseason games on May fifth. Something like that. Right. Yeah. So what? Like two weeks away. Um, again, we'll see if they show them this and year. And then we will cue the the outcry for not showing them on air again. It's mm-hmm. it's like a it's just it's every year. It's the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. can predict what what the complaints are going to be, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're right there. I definitely think I have a lot of hope in the Atlanta dream. I feel um, really excited about not excited. That's too strong. I feel, I feel solid about Chicago and James Wade's ability to make 
to put his team in a position to be successful. And here's the thing. You have players who can score on Chicago. Marina Mayfield. Yeah, that's the thing. Kalia Copper can score. You've got you've got players on that roster that can score. I don't know that Seattle has a lot of – outside of Jewel Lloyd, I, I question yeah. their ability to score. For Minnesota, I question their ability to score. Um, the rest, I mean, L.A. L.A., I question the ability to score. Do, I question their ability to score. At Dallas. Teams, Dallas lost a shooter. I question their ability to run an offense. <laughs> I question everything about Dallas, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You just have so many new players. How, how, how do all these draft picks potentially fit in? We could have a whole show on Dallas. Rachel, uh, close us out unless you got a final thought. I have no final thoughts. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, um, we're doing a playback this evening, some little throwback games. But, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited to get this thing going. I'm excited to kind of, you know, figure out what these rosters are going to look like more in depth the next few days and, and get, get camp going. Oh, and I'm excited because we're bringing back the Winsider Film Room where Rachel and I a interview a lot of your favorite players discussing the game in their eyes, why they did what they did, uh, who's the best smack talker, and what's their favorite shot spot and everything in between thank you for listening we'll be back next time